0: Hello, welcome to Gabo, You're Red, Nottingham Forest one one with Burnley on Monday night as a fresh squad kicks off a new era at the city ground with a draw thanks to Callum Hudson-Doy's brilliant goal. We'll discuss that, who else Sean and who struggle, plus team selection, formations and VAR. In the company of, first of all, Reds fan Emily Anderson. Emily, good morning, you well?
1: Good morning, very well. A little bit tired and jaded from last night, but otherwise OK.
0: Well, good to have you with us. Talking of tired and jaded, a perpetual state <laughs> for Greg Mitchell. How are you doing?
2: All right, yeah, I was going to lie, but you've set me up straight away there. So, yeah, a little bit tired. May have had a couple after the game, not at work today. So, <laughs> drinking
0: sensibly. But nothing yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, our third guest is a former X Factor star, and so Wikipedia tells <laughs> me the presenter <laughs> of this morning Supermarket Sweep and Strictly Come Dancing. It uh... takes two, and the narrator of Star Wars. It's a true honour to have Rylan making
3: his <laughs> podcast debut <dating laughs> today. <laughs> How are you, David Pratt? I was going to do a. And horrendous impression, then. But I thought that, that gets you on very shaky ground, doesn't it? Yeah. Doing impressions. So, uh, no, I
1: didn't.
3: <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm, I can do that on my own without making an impression. Ironically, you should say that because it, it's that the, I've just been chatting on Sky Sports News on Zoom. We're on a different set of software here, aren't we? StreamYard, which is very, very good. Um, but there's a filter on there, which for the life of me, and please, please believe me on this, I can't get off. So you look you lo- can see me now, there's there's a certain rough and readiness to it. This thing so- does your eyebrows, your nose, it, it, it looks insane. And I can't, for the life of me, get it off. And I just get people on Twitter going, why have you put that on? The answer to that is, I quite obviously not put that on. I look ridiculous enough without a filter, why would I go any further?
0: Well, for the benefit of those watching on YouTube and Facebook, stolen from Protestant Instagram, <laughs> just to illustrate, and Ryan himself replying, it's a look, there you go.
3: Yeah, I mean, as highlights go, I think that's that's one of many lowlights in my life. But yeah, no, not not Riley because he's lovely, but actually that type of thing. Anyway, this is all about me at this moment in time. Let's turn the attention <laughs> on someone else.
0: No, before we do, we should congratulate you on that shirt that you're wearing.
3: This, this, this is what, what are we are we going ninety nine two thousand possibly two thousand one? I mean, this this is this thing's massive. <laughs> this is what I used to play football in. Look. <laughs> I was a number seven for Nottingham Forest if that's not the worst thing you've ever heard in your life, I don't know what is but that is, I mean, what were we doing no one else was so slow back in the 90s wearing a big kind of kite behind me when I was trying to run around
0: it just, <laughs> Well, it's
3: very good of you to join us especially yeah. fresh
0: from Sky Sports News as well
3: as you say you're Well, all I man. did was just come off one set of software and put <laughs> some else on so it's, been, it's been no rush I mean, I'm not as tired as you three so I'm more than happy with that
0: you look a lot fresher than i do sir. <laughs> yeah. stop it right let's get into the game uh, emily do you want to kick us off with just overall thoughts on what you made of it coming away from the ground
1: coming away from the ground i thought we got away with one there didn't we um who'd have thought that in the 94th minute i'd be wanting full the full time whistle to go at 1-1 <laughs> um yeah it, it was my first get, first home game i've seen this season um, so full of expectation. A lot of people around me were very confident that we'd, it would be an easy win, but I knew that Burnley would be out there and battling. Um, we started really well on the front foot and it felt like we were the team in control up until about 30 minutes. Um, and then unfortunately, a few errors, um, they got the goal. Um, we changed our formation. It didn't quite work for me. One too many new players started last night. Um I'm all for starting new players, but three change it well, three new players from the from the Chelsea win. It just felt like one too many. Um, but then I guess who do you bench? But I wouldn't have started with Montiel in hindsight because I think that he struggled a little bit. Um, but I don't want to slag him off too much because look at how Danilo started, look at how Lodi started. The Premier League's very different to where he's played. Um, so hopefully he'll settle in. I know that Sangari as well as, had a lot of stick um, for his performance. I think he did all right. Yes, he he may have come across as possibly a little bit vacant at times, maybe a little bit slow. But again, he's just got to get up to speed with, with the Premier League. Um, so I think in an ideal world, I'd have possibly started with um, Aina on the right and Tavares at the back. And I think that would possibly made us more defensively solid. Um, obviously, the central uh, back to... Um, I, I, I just don't get why we didn't start Neokato if he was on the bench, because he'd have made a great partner with Worrell. Um, but yeah, I mean, VAR for once went went our way, didn't it? Um, I'm the first one to slag off VAR. So actually last night, I was quite happy actually. Um, and we're eighth in the Premier League. So I can't really complain, can I? Just dis- disappointed we didn't get the win, but not disappointed because we deserved it, which is often the case for Forest. Disappointed that we couldn't, we couldn't come away with three points after winning at Chelsea.
3: Mute. You're to mute. be the host of a podcast and not realise you're on mute is pretty spectacular.
0: Sorry. I Hi, Matt. Welcome to 2023. Volume.
3: This is Zoom. This is a new thing. <laughs> you should host this. You're presenter on Sky doing popular <laughs> high-pressure stuff. Oh, no, don't worry. They'll let anyone go on there. I can't even edit that because it's it'll take ages. <laughs> I'll leave it
0: in. Um Emily's right at what she says, Greg. Lots from pack and we'll do it over the course in the next 40 minutes. But just in general, are you oh I know you're gonna be glass half full because you always are. Are you glass half full if, if you bracket the Chelsea and the Burnley games together? Four points, are you happy with that in general? Yeah, of course. I mean, eighth after five games, you'd snap your hand off straight away, especially with the start
2: we had. Um, but yeah, disappointed, absolutely. But Also, hanging on for the point, just hoping he blows the final whistle. I didn't expect to be doing or saying that after Burnley. I just think um, there was so much expectation. There was so much talk about we can't do a Fulham or Bournemouth of last season. And we didn't. Like Cooper says, if you don't win, don't lose. And we certainly didn't. And we've moved up the table again. So it's not a night to remember. And it's certainly something where they're going to have to take a lot lot of... uh, there's going to be a lot of questions and answers from what went wrong, what didn't go quite as right. But I remember thinking five minutes in, like looking at that team out on the pitch. And uh, I mean, no offence, but that was probably the, the strongest team on paper I've ever seen at the city ground <laughs> on paper. Obviously it didn't. I've been watching Forest since what, 1992. I can't remember seeing players of that standard on our pitch. So there's so much to come. It obviously with the changes wasn't going to, kickstart and smash them 4 nil as much as we hoped was going to happen but there's so much hope there there's so much you know expectation as such there's not the talk of relegation already that there was last season there's a talk of you know how much better are these players going to be so mm. yeah of course I'm glass half full but certainly not uh blinded by it all it was a bit disappointing
0: What's it like as a player perhaps when you've got that fan mentality that we're going to win the game? And I did think we we would win the game, although I thought we be mm. tight. But I think there was a lot of expectation. Does that filter into the dressing room and translate to nerves ever or not?
3: I think given the accumulation of players and the standard of players that uh, both Emily and Greg have alluded to, then it doesn't necessarily need that input from outside. It should be in the dressing room. They've, they've bought and brought these players in to get Forrest up that next level in back in the Premier League, haven't they? To be able to make sure that it moves beyond consolidation to something a bit more fruitful, a bit more further up the division. Um, So the expectation will be very much on on the inside as well. Going off Emily's point as well, about when you put a lot of new players in together, um, it can sometimes upset the rhythm. And when we're looking at it from the outside in, you look at a Chelsea result and performance. uh, Obviously, you've got to take into account injuries, uh, suspensions, etc. But, Sometimes we we kind of scratch our heads a bit and think, well, why have we overcomplicated what we did in a game that worked really, really well? And and it's and I, I'm I'm very much in the camp in the fan camp with this because I think we can all over intellectualize football sometimes and just think, same team, let's get cracking. Obviously, as I said, it's all down to the availability of the actual players. But there's glimpses last night. The first 20 minutes I thought was was bright. Um, I think latterly the interjection of, of of someone like Ryan, uh, kind of liven things up a little bit. Um, VAR working, um, work into the letter of the law, which is a, exactly what it's for. Is it a clear and obvious area? I would not say so. When it comes to the disallowing of the goal for, from Sanderberger's touch, um, a lot to be positive about, and I'm not, I'm not being blindly positive. Um, but when you see these players come onto the pitch, some that have stepped onto it for the very first time, some that are within a new uh, culture with a new uh, kind of sphere of players it might take him a couple of weeks to settle in it can't take much longer than that because as we know he can get left behind in the Premier League very very quickly but you look at Callum Hudson Adoy's goal a wonderful thing that got everybody off the seats obviously behind the Burnley fans um, so it can be tough with the expectation but this is the Premier League we saw Forrest climb out of the Championship we knew what the expectation level was there this club will want to move on. The owner's not want to hang around at the bottom end of the table, is he? He wants to make sure that this club gets themselves stuck in the, stuck in the middle or stuck into the middle uh, and moving on from there.
0: Yeah. I think I'm much more positive than downbeat about it. I think there were, there's a lot of, there were issues with the performance, but the are only issues that can be ironed out with time and games. So hmm. not quality of player. That's certainly not an issue. So that's uh, encouraging. Just unpacking the VAR stuff then before we get into the forest stuff. Um, just elaborate on that prots and I'll throw it to the other people. You you think the Bernie goal should have stood?
3: No, no, no. I, I it's I mean, if, if you're talking about it categorically, is it handball, then yes, it touches his arm below where the sleeve finishes. Hmm. Then the question of it being deliberate, um I you'd go a long way to find a footballer that can't run with his arms up and also is half looking to block off the defender. Hmm. That then can be interpreted interpreted as He's put his arm up deliberately. But whether it's deliberately to brought the defender or bring the ball down, that's that's, that's where the grey area lies for me. So, yes, when you slow it down. Yes, when you look at it on VAR, it's a, the correct decision. I think the general consensus would be, if you, from a Forest fan's point of view as well, you'd feel hard done by if it was the flip side. But uh, by the letter of the law, it's correct. Does it feel correct? Not, not particularly, no.
0: Yeah, I thought we probably got away with one overall uh, the question i suppose greg is it a clear and obvious error by the referee and i don't think it was how, how did you view it stone wall um, <laughs> you know
2: <laughs> clear me as day me and my <laughs> mate steve i unfortunately have to sit next to steve every game he's quite the quite the negative bloke love him to bits but uh, we agreed with each other on a rare occasion that not one person in the crowd appealed for it mm. And I think, you know, for once you kind of have to give the refs a a bit of leeway and say, yeah, not one of us saw it. So I don't think they were really expected to. But, you know, it did hit his arm, in such an attacking position. I mean, it's got to be given, hasn't it? I'll flip it and say, if that wasn't given after seeing all the replays, we'd have been talking up in arms now Mm. on this. Mm. Um, And it did move the ball slightly. And you just don't know. It touched his arm in that position. I think it's got to be given
0: yeah I think that's a fair point uh you make about flipping it like that before we come on to the other VAR incident Emily you mentioned about Nierkate and McKenna and I agree I think Nierkate every time we do our predicted teams Nierkate is in it and and McKenna I think he's a good solid Premier League defender who's never let us down but to me Nierkate is a better option was it shown there when Sanderberg gets away and that's the moments where you have to get it right as a defender
1: yeah, because he either needed to get the ball, didn't he, or, or take the player out, really take one for the team. And he he didn't do that. I think with Borland, McKenna, they work better when they've got a Felipe or a Niacate with them. It builds their confidence because I think they're slightly stronger in that position. Um, so it was frustrating to see that last night, especially because Niacate was on the bench. I wonder whether he's not fully fit yet, but... Yeah, it just it just left us exposed because we we went to the back four to make us more attacking, yet we couldn't handle the bird. We couldn't handle the Burnley wingers, could we? They were just too fast. They they were just running rings around our defenders.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. What got stolen? The the, as well. the, 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 oh, the, the goal. The the Burnley goal. Uh, forgive me for forgetting the Burnley winger. I mean that that turn of pace is absolutely frightening and. Mm. Um, with the greatest respect to Joe, he's never been the quickest defender by any stretch of the imagination, has he? But he's he's got so many ticks in the plus boxes, uh, which make him an integral part of the team. But that that type of pace, that's proper top end kind of Premier League pace, isn't it? Whether he this whether he's going to be at Burnley for long, we don't know. But that that shows a difference. Um, and I think, given at times what we saw from Forest defensively last season, when it didn't seem overly testing for teams to score against them, then there's, there's a slight early alarm bell with that. Um, but that kind of general crux of how they reacted to that, I thought was, was, a, was a positive. And going back with, and with, not going to turn this into a general debate about VAR, and I understand why it's there. I understand it's not going anywhere. I speak to a lot of officials about it and um, structured organisations about it. Mm. You see the hudson goal going, you see the reaction you look at it and you just think, it's a thing of wonder. And I'm watching the replay. Then I hear a, Ooh, and you think, what on earth have you found in that to rule it out? And then you look at, obviously, the, the chest. Was it one you that, that brought the ball down? And mm-hmm. unless he's got a camera on his sleeve or in his shirt or there's a, there's a, like in cricket, where you can hear the touch of it. Again, it's, I mean, I, I bet you could look at that as many times as you want and maybe see something in it. If you're a Bernie fan saying, well, that's a, if Sanderberg is a is a handball, I can find a handball in there. That's I understand. Like I said, I understand what's there, but there is always that thing you see a wonder goal goal in now, and I, and I'm I'm, I'm be intrigued to see what you all thought sat on the ground where you go yeah, and then you think is it all right? Is can, can we can we go bonkers or do we? Because you, you, when you watch it, you watch it on screen, you just think what on earth have you found? That's not clear and obvious. That's not finding. That's not going. Well, that's a clear offside or, or whacked it forward. That's looking for a way to disallow a goal which is not what it's for.
1: And I think the very fact that the first VAR check was for offside, they obviously saw it wasn't offside very it was quickly. miles on, yeah. VAR check for handball. And we were, I don't know what you were like, um, Greg and Matt, in the ground, but so we'd done the whole celebrating. And then you're right, suddenly there was this lull. And it's like, jeez, you know, we should be, you know, we should be dancing and singing mm. after that strike. Um So, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that it just felt like, oh, this is going to be ruled out. This is Mm. going to be ruled out. But obviously it wasn't because there was nothing wrong with it.
2: There's times (laughs) when you do, you you genuinely don't celebrate fully because you think, oh, Mm. here we go. That goal was last night was one of the moments where VAR wasn't even a thought Mm. because it was from, you know, outside the box. It was. It was a, just a, a wonder goal where you didn't even think anything. And then for it to happen and then happen again, you're like, oh, my, I laughed in the end. I couldn't believe it. But, you <laughs> know, I mean, like you say, pruts, it is here and it's here for stay to stay. And we must do five, ten minutes on it every week now because it is so
3: frustrating. The technology it... needs to catch up with the times. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it, it's Isn't... probably, if, if 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 this question to all three of you, is it possibly the only thing you miss about, the championship. <laughs> the fact that <laughs> I don't miss once, what, 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 once it's in, it's in. We, we, we were working yeah. on the Sheffield Wednesday Peterborough playoff game, which was bananas at the end of last season. Goals going in left, right, and centre, and every single goal was celebrated in the most honest and beautiful way. Because there was never going to, unless you had a official with his flag up, there was never going to be a check.
1: People are on the pit,
3: and obviously there's mm-hmm. a lot of legislation about that as well. But as you say. It's- but having to kind of temper that the only thing that really does bring us unbridled joy, <laughs> having to temper it and think, Oh, it's not wrong with it, rubbish. I just I mean, it's, it's yeah.
1: It's no secret that my the half celeste fan, and he said that was the one um, consolation of going down. <laughs> now at the games, he said they just celebrate. Goal goes in. Is it offside? No, Fab, right. Crack it yeah, off. Yeah, I do miss that, but I don't miss anything else. Mm.
2: It's mm. like that I know we're on it now, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just go for it. <laughs> the, the screen it's such a joke the referee going over to the screen mm. maybe understand it a little bit for the handball but for the for the clear and obvious elbow why mm. waste your time going over there trust the var guys tell they say to you that's ascending off. He's elbowed mm. him. Yep, okay, sorry, reverse my decision. It's just for drama. It's for theatre. Like, I'll oh, send Is the it? ref over, build it up a little bit. Shout out that- to that bloke behind the big screen. Though. I don't know if you've seen the photo yet where he's holding up the red card from the crowd. I think... <it>? Uh, that a good fit. But it's yeah, it's just ridiculous. Respect,
1: I think it's a mark of respect, isn't it, for the for the, mm. the ref? He's obviously the one in charge. And it's almost mm. like, you know, like the head teacher going over and saying, yeah, 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 give him a detention. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it is annoying. No, I totally get it. It is annoying. But it kind of, I don't know, maybe it's like a validation thing. Mm.
0: Maybe, maybe. Uh, flicking through the comments, there's still quite a bit of negative about Worrell, who I thought had a good game compared to, relatively to McKenna But personally. But there is the question of the goal. Prots that Burnley scored. Mm. I thought Montiel watching it live was much more to blame than Joe. What what was your take yeah. on
3: it? Yeah, I'd say that. Um centre halves, and this is a sweeping statement, notoriously, don't want to get dragged out into the type of positions that he found himself in. You normally mm. you're looking at good spaces between, if you are playing a four, between um the other side of centre half and your fullback. And if you're you're suddenly thinking, well, where is the fullback and why is there such a big gap here? And then I'm going to go, go and expose. When I say expose, it makes it sound like um, we're looking at something that nobody knew about. Say Nottingham Forest's defence. Every single player in that in that backline has got strengths and weaknesses. If if Joe Worrell is vulnerable to someone with that raw pace, and let's be honest, a player that quick would make most players kind of stop in the tracks. Mm-hmm. Then Montiel needs to help him. There shouldn't be a gap there. There, sh- there should be. There should be. Um, the warning signs from further further down the pitch, whether that's to do as Emily was saying earlier on, when you put a few new players together, and there's still a bit of—I mean, you can you can train it, you can practice it, but in the heat of the battle, when there's that many people in the city ground, when it's that loud, how good your communication, how good are your communication skills? How can you help each other out? Maybe there's a slight issue with that. So when you do get one v one, and I, I, I'm from Joe's point of view as well, the minute the wing has gone round in. It's, it's kind of Mayday time, you're looking around thinking, is someone else, co- is, is my other centre half coming across to help me, is the goalkeeper coming out to help me um, but unfortunately that wasn't the case, so I can absolutely see I can absolutely see what you're saying there it looks, because you look at it in from a, an individual against individual sense as one man against one man, but it's a collective defensively that um, has allowed Burnley into that particular position You ready?
2: Showtime
0: Mm. Um, Montiel, Greg, I mean he did have a bad game, isn't it? You can't you can't hide that. Um, are you worried about him or are you mindful it's just you know, his debut and a lot of other players have come into the team and struggled, as Emily said, Lodi notably last season before he really did really well for yeah. us. Mm, yeah I mean you mentioned that earlier in the notes about Loddy and it's a good
2: comparison you're gonna have to give him time I was very relieved when he got subbed I must admit and um, (laughs) he didn't he wasn't having a good game he he looked a bit lost if I'm honest you know he had he had some very quick wingers around him and I don't know rabbit and headlight stuff which you wouldn't expect from a, a World Cup winner and a player who's played in such such big stadiums and big game nights but um I just think maybe the occasion could have got to him maybe off off the pace a little bit, but he'll certainly get more chances. And um, I just hope that that isn't the, the Montel we have because he, he won't be getting in the team often if he is. But I, I genuinely think it was just an off night. I
0: do. I, I don't think that's the guy that we're going to be seeing week in, week out. No. I'll ask Protz about him in a second, but before I do, do us a favour. Like and subscribe, as I put the big banner on. It would be a great help. Uh, Subscribe on iTunes, etc., etc. Spread the word. Tell your mum, tell your dad. It all helps. Um, (laughs) So, Protz, from a player's point of view, Montiel, Mm, mm. obviously he's played in leagues that I think are probably generally a bit slower. I don't know about Mm. Argentina. I mean, you know, the crowd atmosphere is mental. I don't know about the football, Mm. but... um, Does the Premier League kind of, do you think, does it scramble the mind a bit potentially when you're making your debut at that level?
3: I think it can do. I I, I would agree with you. And it's a bit of a sweeping statement, isn't it? Uh, Central and South American football being as um, evidently passionate as it is, you're kind of looking at stadium atmosphere. And we all know how noisy the city ground can be. so there is a there is a comparison with that so from that point of view there should be an understanding and appreciation of that part of his game that you not regardless of who you are playing in front of but that is the peripheral that as a professional footballer you've got to deal with no matter who you're playing in front of um the other side of it of it being what the premier league is and we, we i was listening greg mentioned earlier on about walking up to the game and, and the expectation before the game of what you're going to get out of playing against burnley now burnley literally pointless up until last night. Um there's still there's still a very 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 good football team. A team that was head and shoulders above every single other team in the championship. Now I know there is a big jump from the champ obviously to the Premier League and everyone that's involved with Forest has seen that firsthand over the last couple of seasons, but there can be absolutely no element of getting carried away with what Forest see themselves as with regards to the players that they brought in. And what the reality of it is that a team like Burnley can beat you at the City Ground. You know what I mean? That that's that's just that's just how the Premier League is and how competitive it is. Yes, the ones that have spent billions of putting a squad together should be walking all over teams. Obviously, Chelsea notwithstanding. Really um, then, when you see someone like a Montiel come in and taste the Premier League, the speed of the Premier League, the sights and the sounds of the Premier League, then I think I think. From a play, an ex-playing perspective, then you allow them a free hit. I think, if, as Greg says, you're five games into it and you're kind of thinking he looks like a fish out of water. I don't understand what's what this player is bringing. It's quite evidently, obviously, a, a very mm-hmm. technically able footballer. Whether he can play in this system, whether he can play under Steve Cooper, whether he can play alongside a Warley or Ecarte, whether he can back up the play with players in front of him, remains to be seen. And there's obviously a lot of work to be done off the pitch with that. But I think there's there's no I'm not saying it because we're all involved in it and we cover it and we love it. There's no league like the Premier League. It's it's huge in every single sense of the word. So even if you are a player that's got a certain medal around your neck, it might still take you by surprise.
0: Mm. And to talk about Burnley there, Emily. Quite rightly, I thought they were good. And this is stealing a point Mikey made in our podcast group about our formation and our press. They did play through it quite easily with that 4-2-3-1. Was that... Yeah, they- in hindsight, a bit of an error. I'd have liked seen four three three personally, but
1: yeah, um, I think they they really found their way in the game, didn't they? They looked really nervous to begin with, and then I think they realised that their wingers particularly could could run through, and they 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 basically they won the mid- midfield battle last night, didn't they? And uh, grew in confidence, mm. and they were unlucky not to win the game in mm. the end. And, and just as Perret said, they won the championship with ease last season. Um, and yes, yes, like we've said, you know, it's a huge gap between the championship and the Premier League. But I wouldn't say there's a huge gap at the moment from last night's performance between us currently and them. You know, they 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 they, they were okay, and that guy, um, you know, the guy that beat Worrell, I don't know his name. Is it Kalash Kalasho or something like that? The
0: winger, yeah, who was really good. Yeah, was at the the
1: nineteen-year-old, you just look at him and you think, wow, what a signing! I think they got him for a couple of million, didn't they? Um, and he's already proving himself in the Prem. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it would be patronising to say anything else about Burnley because they, they're in the Premier League. They deserve their place in the Premier League. And rightly so, they're probably disappointed today not to have come away with their first win. Um, yeah, they got their first point last night. But, yeah, they, they probably deserved more from the game.
0: Yeah, and just in general, I mean, aside from Man City, I don't think anyone's battering anyone in this league this season. You look at no. Spurs, V Sheffield United... And Man City v Sheffield United and us v Sheffield United. They're they're one of the weaker teams in the league. They're giving people games. Wolves should have beaten Liverpool or could have beaten Liverpool. So, yeah, I think we can't expect to to walk away with matches. Um,
1: Not what's going to form either, is it? And, you know, I I think most teams are still trying to find their feet for whatever reason. But, you know, teams aren't running away with it. Look, I mean, look at Chelsea. They're just, they can't buy a win, can they?
3: (laughs) No. I mean, that's a great. They That's tried. a great isn't it, Chelsea? I mean, I like that. Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> just They're the doing their
0: best to buy wins. They're throwing money at it, certainly.
3: <laughs> um, talking about Sangare
0: then, Greg, and the midfield, what did you make of him? Uh, again, another one that... I... Sorry, I've just gone. No, he's still there.
1: Uh, yeah. uh,
2: some virus thing <laughs> came up. Um, yeah, yeah, he was another one that... I mean, looking at the comments, they're quite mixed, to be honest. But he had a quiet game. He showed a couple of signs where I think, you know, a defensive midfielder is going to be out the way, hopefully, and just get some big tackles in, lay it off. But, um, yeah, he looked tired at the end. There was like in the 80th-odd minute, he, it looked like he was gesturing at the bench like he'd been done. He completely lost his man and he was shattered. So, uh, I. Th- we know he's a good player. He's definitely <laughs> going to be in a, in a good position for us, but again, just not the start that that maybe we expected. But I think you've got to give Company a, a, a lot of credit for mm-hmm. some of our players not having the performance uh, we hoped. The way he slowed the down, slowed the game down. He got um, the crowd was quiet, and the crowd was quiet because of how many stoppages there were, and he was really mm-hmm. dragging it out. And he knew exactly what he was doing, and it was frustrating our players as well. We couldn't get going we're not used to being this team that has a bit more possession you know attacking the way that we were trying it yesterday and I think they got it right and it frustrated us and likely you know frustrated some of the players so I think you've got to um got to give him a few more games because he's certainly going to be one of our one of our better signings he really is you know that
1: reminded me of us last season yeah you know we beat Liverpool 1-0 but probably shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. They, they they just played the game last night, and they like you say, tactically from company, it was brilliant, actually.
2: I mean, when the goalkeeper keeper got booked after about 10 minutes,
0: didn't it? Yeah, I think. I was going to ask Pruts about that before I asked Sangare. I mean, actually getting booked that early in the game, Pruts, that's the best thing that can happen to the keeper, isn't it? Because the ref's never going to give him a second yellow for time-wasting.
3: Uh, no, that's a very good point. Yeah, mm. I mean, somebody somewhere will do that, and that will be us stepping into a brave new world of 120 minute games and six aside by the end of that actual particular game. But um yeah, it's it's a tough one because again being being very kind of um not in on because that sounds that's the wrong way I'm trying to say it. Party to a lot of conversations with officials about what they're after this season. Then the crackdown is there on time wasted. These obviously it, it becomes subjective and sometimes you look at situations where you kind of go come on at least give him a break there paul Heckingbottom at the weekend which i'm sure has gone down an absolute storm with forest fans listening to Hecky not too happy with them um, with um, the way that games have been managed he talks about the way that his team set up uh to play and see what spurs and how they were going to go about the game means there's an element of patience if you put the ball down in the six yard box and your goalkeeper plays it across and you don't know what spurs are going to do Quite quickly, you can get punished for that. So there should be a, a there should be a little bit of leeway for teams to be able to do that. I mean, if it's the if it's the old ball down, kicking the post, cleaning the boots off, spitting on your gloves, walking around the back, drying your hands off with the towel that that's a slightly different thing. But it's um it, I can understand the teething sense of what this is. We might be talking about this in a couple of seasons where it's just the norm. You know what I mean? It, it, it's just a case of players getting on with it. But all the players, all the all the staff that are involved in football teams know exactly what the protocols are, and they know exactly what the latest thing is that officials are um, z- uh, zeroing in on. So there can't be a surprise. You know and I mean, we, we we keep hearing about these te- these people talk about how long the games are lasting. They've all been categorically been informed of what the of what the uh, interpretation of the, of the laws are going to be. None of these teams managers they can they can feign as much um, surprise as they want. They were all told about what this season was going to be about and how it was going to look, so they can't be. No one could be surprised by it.
0: No, it was pretty funny booking him that early in the game. I didn't think he was that bad. <laughs> I've seen, oh. and actually, I thought Heckingbottom was talking absolutely rubbish at the weekend. They re- <laughs> they really were time wasting. And mm. Spursham had a penalty as yes. well. But it, it becomes
3: it becomes completely um, again subjective, doesn't it? In the interpretation is, it, and if we're, if we're going to go on to talk about the red card, then. Um, it was Emily. What you were you saying earlier on about when, you, if the VAI just tells the ref that's you've missed that, it's a definite red. Just send him off. Obviously, he's got he's got a kind oh, of Greg. yeah, that was Greg. Go, said that. go through the pantomime of going to look at the screen. But it, I, the only angle that I saw that was completely categorical was ten minutes after the game had finished. It mm. looked messy, and then there was a, the last one, which was I think was probably almost kind of Coops's view of it, <laughs> where the geezer just goes like out into his, stomach, and it's obviously a red card. Sometimes, mm. I, if that's not readily available, I, it, that's why it can be a little bit confusing. But on the flip side of what we talk about, the rubber of the grain for for Forest, then um, that was a VAR check that was done properly and ended up with the right decision. Absolutely the right decision.
0: Yeah, definitely, red. Maybe a bit more lucky with the goal. I um, won't get your pro- little take on uh, Sangare Prots as a as a mm. former Premier League central midfielder yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I could see all the reasons we signed him. He's off the ball work, he's breaking up the play, was great. Do you think he's going to take time to get attuned to the pace of the Premier League when you've got the ball coming from Holland?
3: Uh, Possibly. Uh, I think the fact that the the Forest have got a player that was linked, and I mean, however concrete you think a link is, uh, with the likes of Liverpool, I mean, it shows that he's he's no mug when it comes to that. It's funny though, isn't it? Because we're talking about... The type of things that this midfielder has been brought in to do, much vaunted and, and has got a very, a very kind of stellar, possibly career ahead of him. Um, and again, without me putting my I Heart Ryan Yates t shirt on, we're talking about him breaking up play and playing it simply. Isn't that what Ryan's really grown into as a Premier League midfielder? You mean, I've read in dispatches where Ryan gets damned for not scoring enough goals or being incisive enough with his passing. Yet we're lording a, a player that's been brought in as a specialist defensive midfielder that didn't quite do the defensive midfield stuff last night that he was brought in to do. Yes, first game, I understand that it's going to take a while to get up to the level. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, isn't it, how you look at shiny new toys and think, oh, he's coming, he's going to do all the all the dirty stuff. And Yates is probably look around going, that's that's my stock in trade. I've done that for like for like the last five years. What? So I'm I'm intrigued to see from your point of view. All three of you about what whether I'm just being a little bit rose tinted with Ryan there, but and then San you never know, he might, he might grow into a, like a an Ibisuma type player that completely dominates the midfield and blows everyone away. A Caicedo that suddenly everyone's got, we want him, we're going to pay 20 million, 30 million, 40 million quid for in a couple of seasons' time.
0: Mm, I thought it was a big mistake not to play Yates. I don't, I didn't understand it. I said that beforehand, it's not hindsight. I said that at the time. I don't understand why Ryan Yates wasn't in the team. It worries me if the manager thinks they can't play together in certain games, because he would definitely be in my team at the moment, certainly while Sangare is getting up to speed. Mangala's a funny one again. Uh, I've still yet to, yet to decide what he is. Like, is He He doesn't dominate a midfield, but he's very neat and tidy on the ball and he can do bits of everything. But I'm waiting for him to get a grip on games, and I hope Sangare is the one that lets him do that. But for me, Yates would still be in the team and should have started last night, as should Nia uh, Greg, Yates. what do you think? Or Emily, sorry.
1: Sorry, I was going to say Yates is still my first name on the team sheet, and I was—we we all said, didn't we, in the pub? Why is Yates not starting? Can't he play a team with Sangari and Yates in the team? Because they were talking about pushing Yates slightly more further forward to be that goal threat. Um, and I think that once Yates he came on, we we changed, didn't we? And it, it, he he did what he does best. Um, so yeah I don't get it I don't get it like Pratt says he does all the dirty stuff really well doesn't he you know the hard work the niggling you know winding up midfield so yeah I was re- really I was really disappointed I'd love yeah. to know what Yates he said to the lad that got sent off
2: almost heard it I reckon where I
1: was. <laughs> you, know, you know like you know what he's like and um, yeah I'd love to know what he said under his breath
2: we're so we're so lucky to have Ryan Yates he's a player yeah. that will I? Won't ever be worried about losing him in a transfer window, but he should always be such an <laughs> important, an important <laughs> part for our team, right? He's not one that other teams talk about, or you know, we worried about losing him eventually. That you know, Gibbs White or or other players in our team that you can see might just keep going and going. But I could see Ryan Yates being you know the one club, the one club hero that you know we always love to have. And I couldn't believe I thought he was going to get booked the sending off him just going in the ref's face and doing that I thought hey, what,
1: what are you doing because we doing see well. the
2: elbow he did it about three or four times yeah. pointing at the linesman's giving it that and I thought <laughs> you just love him to bits don't you and he said mm. it's having that kind of passion and having that person on the team yeah. that we desperately need and it it's the glue that held us together a lot of the times last season so yeah, I mean, I'm sure VAR would have looked at that anyway. It was when you see the replays; it was pretty obvious. But he just he just knows how to to wind players up. He's so busy, and yeah, I think um, I think he starts on Saturday. I'd be amazed if he doesn't start on Saturday because when he came a ag- when he came on, he helped change the game again.
1: I mean, I people that, in the he? he's all of us fans. He's he bleeds Forest, and you can just see mm. that. And I think Greg, if you were Playing, you'd just be like Yatesy too. Lots of people in the film comments film.
3: quite rightly saying winding uh, people up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think. Saying,
0: <laughs> oh, good one, Pros. He, <laughs> <curled> <laughs> <off>. yeah, he <laughs> rolled
1: his eyes Matt's, at you. Matt's he did, he <laughs> didn't he? The comments.
3: So tired.
1: <laughs> Matt,
3: <Come on> go <laughs> then. Matt, read <laughs> a comment.
1: Turn on your polite filter.
0: My polite. <laughs> <filter. laughs> There's no, no way he's going I started recording as well. Asking Puts to do our live show. My word. It all came out. I no, I. All I wanted to say it was people in the comments saying that Mangala played uh, because he speaks French and translated for Sangari, which is interesting. But I would like to have seen the three together more than the four-two-three-one. Yates, Mangala, and Sangari as a midfield. There you go, Prutz. I'm sorry, I rolled my eyes at you. You know I love you more than I, any man I've in got, the world.
3: I've got a teenage daughter, so that's I know exactly how <laughs> so cutting I've got an, an, eye, an eye, like that an eye, eye roll so, can yeah. be. She's going to do it one too many times where her head falls off her shoulders. I like the fact that when we do talk about Ryan and maybe that three-man midfield is good. I mean, and we don't know how good um, Yates' yeah, G C C French is. Do we? He might be really, really good. Either that or I'll we'll be asking the lads how to get to the train station. Um, but That's likely Exactly. So that sense of what, how cosmopolitan and how cutthroat football can be. But to, to hear Emily and Greg talk so glowingly about what he is, you can't lose sight of that. And we all hope that the, the Forest's time in the Premier League isn't an adventure. We hope it's what their future is, don't we? We hope it's where they spend the majority of, of, of the near to not too distant and, and, and long into the into the years to come playing their football and playing their trade. And I just like to hear the way you talk about someone like Orion, because because sometimes you can get these teams. I think one of the comments used um, uh, Martin Noble as as a as an example, which I thought was a was a was a really good one, and both very very good players. That no matter how big we talk about Nottingham Forest as a football club in the biggest division on the planet, there's still places for 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 people like that. And these new players come in, and they may be. I mean, Sangari might be one of the best midfielders we've we've ever seen for Nottingham Forest. We just don't know yet. But that fondness and that love and devotion to someone like Yates will always be there. And the Joe Wall. you know what I mean? Scott McKenna's having a, 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 maybe a bit more of a trickier time, but these players do serve the purpose both on and off the pitch. And I don't think, I'd like to think that I'd never ever change, regardless of how cosmopolitan Nottingham Forest looks as a starting 11.
0: Uh, 700 people watching. Wow, that's great. Give us a like, as I said. A uh, question for Protz. Yes. You did A level Spanish. Is that true? Did you translate for Carlos Marino? Yeah.
3: I got no Carlos's English was amazing he, he was really really good um I got halfway through that and then as luck and fate and good fortune would bestow upon me I got in the in the first team and subsequently binned it which <laughs> is clever isn't it so for all you budding footballers out there don't stop your studies it's a ridiculous thing to do but what it was so we did as YTSs I was and this is not me blowing any form of educational smoke on my backside i was the only one that did it i did an a-level in spanish and an a-level in history so every wednesday and thursday afternoon i spent one-on-one with a teacher for seven hours doing a-level spanish and a-level history whilst everyone else went to the college to do a b-tech and sounded like they just messed about for a day and a half (laughs) chatting up all the locals and all that so i was on my own with i mean these two teachers were wonderful wonderful people uh, and then I think I went back to the school that I was at in Hull and fudged my way through part of the a level but it was it, it would have been a, a bit like trigger happy TV you know when he's saying at what time do I arrive and screaming at people that don't speak the language probably akin to that so i, I I'm by no means fluent
1: <laughs> don't what, ask me. what what grade did you get for us did you pass?
3: I think whatever would be the lowest thing of getting through it doesn't which, matter
1: does it you've got an a level in Spanish. exactly
3: exactly and do you know what else look see this thing here that's a journalism degree which has got a pass on <laughs> no. it i'm not telling you what the back was it says pass emily you're absolutely right that's all that matters i've
1: got, I've got a journalism degree
3: too yeah but you're a proper journo though yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, 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 I don't i don't i don't come on here without doing my due diligence these two these pair of whoppers just kind of fudging the way through it, whereas, I mean, it's nice to talk to someone. Like, it's, it's it's nice to talk to talk to someone on, on the kind of similar level. <laughs> on, on,
1: on your level, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Oh dear. Uh, right. Well, That's not on. a compliment, is it at all? Sorry about that,
0: No. Uh, speaking of the comments, this one made me smile. Talking of French from Sam, uh, in the scene. Um, Right. Two players. Before we finish, we need really to talk about two players in a very positive sense. Uh, Hudson Adoy, um, Greg. Great debut. Great goal. What did you make of him?
2: That goal was worth £3 million, wasn't it? It was absolutely mm. superb. Um One of the comments very early on said, is that our first goal in the Prem from outside the box? And whilst I've been mm. uh, daydreaming, listening, watching this, I've been trying to think of one. I can't think of another. Mangala at Leeds. There you go. That didn't take long. Oh, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> a uh, yeah, journal, of it. <laughs> it was uh, it was superb, just a great goal, he looked lively, you forget he's 22, he's so young and he's supposedly washed up isn't he, it's incredible what Chelsea can do to a career by trying to ruin it, uh, this guy could have been at Munich for 70 odd million, we just don't know how good he's going to be for us playing week in week out and he will be playing week in week out and he showed it last night, he's fit, hungry, isn't scared to give it a go. And it was just such a great goal that, um I mean, I've watched it a few times this morning. I'm sure some have <laughs> watched it even more. So, yeah, there's going to be so much more to come from him. And he was the 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 player last night. And I'm glad he got one of the match. I know we'll probably talk about Ina and but mm. I'm really glad he got it because he deserved it. And it's going to do so much for his confidence. So, uh yeah, brilliant.
0: Uh, Brennan against Leeds as well at home people saying and Lott all right, Eden forget what I said right. <laughs> there was a few just to you know interact with the comments Uh Emily just on uh, I was saying to you last night in the pub that I really liked about Hudson-Odoi versus Alanga Hudson-Odoi always drove into the box and uh, that, you know, that was a real positive for me he showed a bit more creativity than Alanga on the course of the night I thought
1: and particularly I would say in the first 20 minutes he, he, he went off like a rocket didn't he I think he tired towards the end Um, But Steve Cooper quite rightly said, um, we haven't had a player that can score goals like that for a long time, have we? Um, And if he can keep scoring them like that, what a bargain. I know there'll be obviously add-ons, but I, I just love that. I love his attitude. I love the way he played last night. He obviously tied in the end, so got subbed. But yeah, like Greg, I've seen that goal probably a good hundred times this morning from all the different angles. Um, I'm so pleased for him because, you know, scoring on your debut for a player like that, for he's essentially a kid, isn't he? It, 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 it will just bring him so much confidence going into the next few games. I'm, I'm thrilled. And, and yeah, three million.
0: Is Cooper the perfect manager for him, Protz, in terms of a player who needs a bit of rehabilitation in terms of confidence more than anything?
3: Well, he's mentioned the previous experience together, hasn't he? And he, that's we've seen that bears some serious fruit for Forrest and for Steve Cooper with the players that he's come up against or come up uh, to work with in his career. He's, um, yeah, th- that sense of, I mean, 22. It's it's a name that's been around football for such a long period of time that to hear that he's 22 is, is genuinely surprising. So, the, um, it's funny, isn't it, when you look at a player that does that on his debut, it it, it just goes to show the dynamics of what's at play when you put these new players in. We've talked about Montiel and Sangare and what they brought and what they need to bring more. Whereas there was something wonderfully straightforward, as Emily says about Callum going, yeah, come on, let's give it a bash and see what happens. And and that direct running that he's got, obviously there's uh, there's boots to fill with uh, Brennan moving on, but the, the instant impact to score a goal. It, it's, a, it's a dream debut, isn't it, really, from what we saw with regards to what he's about. And no matter where he's been as a footballer, no matter who he's been touted to, hes he's, he's got to make up for lost time. He might be, he'll be in a very fortunate position. I'm sure he's earned a hell of a lot of money so far. But if he plays it right, he's still got another 15 years at this. A, a, a very, very, very good level of football. So as much as it's a case of Forest... Um, should be pleased and grateful to have him. He should be extremely grateful for the opportunity that has been given uh, and afforded to by a manager that should, should get the best out of him.
1: Mm. Did you hear know what to... said to him at half-time? Uh, he, he had a word in his ear and basically said, be selfish, Callum. Mm. You can do this. If you're on the edge of the box, have a pop. He did it and it paid off. And I think a player like that needs to be selfish, not pass the ball. Just go for it. He did it. It worked.
0: The other player I want to talk about with the clock ticking is Ola Aina or Aina. um Who well, I thought it was our, I thought he was our man of the match. Personally, he, he was brilliant at right back and very solid at left back. I mean, the bargain of the season, Emily, in a sense, oh, or him, or Hudson Odoi.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Hudson Odoi had a great game and quite rightly got man of the match. But actually, we we agreed, didn't we? I, I thought Aina had a, had, a, had an even better game, playing on both sides. Started um, on the left, then moved to his favoured um, right back position. I just thought he was brilliant. He was, he for me, he, he he was our best player. And again, is he the signing of the summer at the moment? You know, it, it, it's all well and good spending all this money on big shot players. But actually, you know, he, he was great last night. He was so solid, wasn't he? And he, was, he just got stuck in.
0: Mm, yeah. We've, Greg, we've got all these fullbacks, but he looks the most nailed now. Him or Aurier when fit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And didn't he swap sides
0: as well when... Yes. Yeah, yeah he's
2: adaptable on, yeah. as well. And that, that's key, I think. That's just a, a massive thing for when the injuries inevitably come, that he can play on both sides. I think that's huge. But, uh, yeah. Are you going to... I don't know whether you've got time to quickly talk about Gibbs. Well, I had quite the debate in the pub last night about him.
0: About what?
2: Um, well, and it wasn't just in the pub. I've had a few messages as well. People mm. thinking that he, he needs a rest. He's losing the ball too much. For me... me
0: not for me but he's
2: is that much of a key player when he's got two players on him most times that he had yesterday he's going to lose the ball every so often but what he gives us in that attacking flair and that route out is is key and it's priceless and we haven't got that other player at the minute who can do what he does but i know this thing's like um you know his shooting wasn't really on the ball last night but that's fair enough that will come but i think he's so key that I don't know, I wouldn't, I'd say undroppable, but I'll be amazed if he doesn't start every game Is fit. But yeah, and there's been a few comments as well about him and I just find it strange that we should put heat on him when he's got so much to do. And like I say, players on him all the time, he is going to lose the ball and we're just going to have to deal with that. and hope the players around him get it back for him.
3: It goes back to Emily's point, of, point, which is a player like Callum or a player like Morgan and and having been no more than a foot soldier myself. You've got to afford them the confidence and the patience to put the ball at risk because they mm. ha- can evidently and have shown on so many occasions that Morgan Gibbs-White can play a pass that unlocks a defence, that can create a goal. That can not saying he's the only one for Forrest, but he's got the lion's share of the creative responsibility. Now that Callum's come in, as you were saying, Emily, the fact that he can say to him, look, you can do this. So when you're in the position, go and do it because it helps them out. Because if you look at, we talked about Alangi, talked about one year. One year is, is a different type of play, but it provides a platform for us to build on to get themselves up the pitch. You're not going to break down Premier League defenses by just having a big centre forward on his own looking around. What Morgan can bring to the game when he is going through these fallow periods, I think there is the element of patience. I'm not saying for one second he becomes a luxury player that, as Greg says. He can't be completely undroppable because if he's not affecting a football match, you need someone that does. Um, but he's got the abilities and the and the technical skills to be afforded that bit of time when he is seeking out his best form. Because I'd like to think more often than not, he's going to be the player that's going to help to win uh, matches for Forest.
0: Mm-hmm. Go on, Emily. Well, I'll give my take in a minute. What's your take?
1: I, yeah, I, I agree to some extent. I don't think he had a great game last night, but he has moments. And players like that have moments that change games, don't they? And there were a few moments last night and balls he threaded through, which could have changed the game. Yes, he lost the balls and dodgy passes. But look at what he brings to us. He, he, For me, he's the cog and everything else works around him. Mm-hmm. He, he controls, He controls the game. And yeah, I'd say he was maybe a 6, 7 out of 10 last night, but you can't be on your top form every game. He's only human.
0: He'd still be in my team if he wasn't pulling his weight defensively, then I think you'd ask questions. But he's still working hard. He does, like, you know, there was an annoying thing where he flicked it over his head towards Montiel on the touchline. You just like get hold of it, but you've got to have that backer player with creativity. I think sometimes
1: you want the simple pass from him, you feel like saying, Stop doing the trickery. It's in
0: areas of the pitch, isn't it? Where you want the simple pass, he's probably trying to do too much in the wrong areas. But I still think it's like Brennan last season, he had a really sticky patch. And Cooper played him and played him and played him through it. And I think mm-hmm. we'll do that uh with Morgan. And I there's interesting times with Hudson-Odoi where you could see a link emerging there already. And I could see those two uh finding each other. And he'll get more of a link with a one-year as well. I mean, a one-year did well last night with pretty limited service. So there's lots to be upbeat about. Um, just before we finish, just quickly on Man City, we'll do a full preview on it later in the week. But I know I'm sure you'll be going, Greg. Are you expecting anything other than a comfortable win for City realistically or not?
2: They can't keep winning. They're going to lose eventually, aren't they? (laughs) 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 It's going to be whatever happens on Saturday will be a level of how far we've come since pretty similar time last season when uh, we were 3-0 down at half-time or whatever the score was and the game was over. Uh, Of course, they're the only standout team in this Premier League that are. Pretty much guaranteed they've won it already, and they're just going to walk the league and win every game. But you just never know; you never know with anything with football these days. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to going. I'm looking forward to it a lot more than I was last season. It's a Saturday, three PM. All the trains are running. It's uh, <laughs> it's going to be a good day. So, I can't wait. Whatever happens,
0: how do you go about it, Pratts? Just quickly before we go, I mean, what can they, what can Forest realistically do to give themselves? A shot in the game.
3: Uh, oh stick to the game plan, which sounds a bit generic, but I presume uh Koops approach will be uh containment rather than anything else. I saw the uh Sheffield United Man City game at one stage in the first half, it was about 89 to 90 percent possession. Mm. But there was an element in the way that Man City went about it where they almost had too much of the ball, and it was almost it, granted, it was a couple of games when Pep was, was resting up. So he wasn't his active barking self on the, on the touchline. And there was a little bit of sloppiness and it's it's, it's relative sloppiness. It's someone else's 10 out of 10. 10 is Man City sloppiness, isn't it? Um, so it, what, what it will be a case of is just not losing concentration in what the game plan will be, which will be a lot of defence. It will be a lot of making sure gaps aren't created uh, willingly uh, to allow a team like that to pull you apart listen uh, and again it's a tough one to try and quantify with man city a team that's been put together for the best part of a billion pounds should be beating most teams by about three or four goals and i know that sounds very straightforward and a bit probably a bit fan heavy for that but i always think that when i watch this team they mm. i understand the functionality i understand the beauty in what they do i just don't understand what they make you feel if I'm brutally honest, mm. Liverpool at the very, very best brought something else out in you, I, I thought. Whereas Man City are an absolute machine, and the machines make you feel I don't
0: know. Mm. No, I agree, I agree. But they do just give you that one chance in a game. I mean, so yeah. often they have the teams have one shot on target against them, and it's always one big chance. And we saw against Sheffield United, they stuck it away. So that's Forest hope, probably. Uh, right, uh, that just about does us. Any other business before we go, Greg? Anything to say or plug?
2: <laughs> Always. Um, Always. Festival season's over, isn't it? So the gigs have started again, so I'm back on to my music. But um, one of Nottingham's best unside bands, uh, Celestines, are playing a Christmas jamboree at Rock City. Uh, no, not September. Rock City. At Rough Trade. Yeah, but tickets are on sale and they'll sell out. I'm just trying to give people warning. (laughs) Uh, Rough Trade's a brilliant venue and they're playing Saturday 9th of December. It's only £8 a ticket. Uh, They're brilliant, lads. We're playing Wolves away so you can easily get back in time and uh, I couldn't recommend going and seeing them enough. We're going to be there and uh, it'll be a good night, so support them if you can.
0: Good. Emily, anything from you before we go?
1: Just one very quick thing, and she's going to kill me for saying this. Uh, my daughter scored her first hat trick at the weekend, so I'm really ah, pleased. Called cool. Molly, and the team won seven nil and second in the league, so it's all going very well. So I'm very proud.
0: You haven't mentioned your big weekend meeting all these famous people in Leicester. Did oh, you meet Kylie Minogue?
1: I like to talk know? about it. Yeah, just hanging out with um, Kylie and Sam Ryder and Beverly Knight. Cool. And, yeah. Is yeah.
3: Kylie as small as she looks in on She's screen? And she did Kylie. it. She's yeah.
1: tiny and she's so beautiful and mm. just gorgeous and lovely. And I want to be her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, she's wonderful. Um, yeah, I, I, to be fair, it looked very glamorous from my pictures and from the stuff on TV, but it was a lot of hard work, long hours. And this is really why I'm so tired.
3: Who, Emily, who was the worst person you met that was famous at the weekend?
1: I couldn't possibly life oh, so really you know I did meet. I met your doppelganger Rylan and he was lovely. I've
3: heard he's smashing.
1: He was so lovely and he told me that I was pretty. So that made my life.
0: <laughs> Anything you want to plug, Rylan, before we go? Any shows you're working on? <laughs>
3: If anyone's looking for a second-hand car, there's a great website they need to get <laughs> yourself on. Uh, no, nothing to plug. Um, full disclosure: I fell off a treadmill yesterday, and that's the second time that's <laughs> happened in my life. I, I, I thought it only happened once, but second time yesterday. Um, whilst trying to claw back the glory years of running around like a, like a headless chicken, but other than that, no, all good. If you want to watch the championship tomorrow, we're doing Norwich and Leicester. If you've, you lot, of, Lester, you Lester, lot way beyond Lester, that. That's great plugging Leicester, way I'm
1: beyond. We so, be on in our house tomorrow night.
3: Well, I shall wave.
1: Yeah, Good. please do. Please do. Give <laughs> Nick, Nick a shout out. It will make us laugh.
3: Definitely.
0: definitely. Um, I'll give a shout out to Mark Southerns, who we met in the pub yesterday. If you oh, play FPL and you um, watch FPL Black Box, you'll know who Mark is. And if you don't uh, watch that, then you should if you play FPL and you're doing badly like me or Greg. Did he help you with your team or Greg last night? As if he would. I mean, come on. What are you trying to
2: suggest? Stuff? You can't imply stuff like that. It's my team. No one, no one's
0: touching it. But anyway, it was great to meet Mark. Lovely guy. Uh, you had your photo with him the second I left the pub as well, I noticed. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Uh... That was deliberate. <laughs> right we'll leave it there we shall be back uh on probably thursday i think with the man city preview where we'll break that uh, game down in more detail hopefully so uh in the meantime greg thank you very much
2: oh, i enjoyed that good speech, speak to you
0: all. emily thank you very much
1: thank you i'm up for sleep
0: uh, i wish i was um protz Great, Good of you to join us and good of you to take all this stick I've relentlessly given you and roll my eyes at you as well.
3: Well, that you, you've got to understand at some stage in your life, you just accept where you are and who you are and I'm comfortably <laughs> there, mate. And
0: it would be wonderful,
3: a gift, if you would do our live show in October. Can we... I can't, I can't swear on it because people can see... Yes, I, if, if I'm free, mate, I'll be there with bells on. Excellent. Uh, well, there's
0: still lots of people watching. Uh, October the 10th or October the 11th is the plan. Um, at the nav again, as normal. I like to get Prutz on to do it when it's really, really cold, rather than a nice summer <laughs> one. Because I'm out of
3: nails. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: You're right with that top on Prutz. Be alright, won't it? See, yeah. I've, I've,
3: I've, I've, there's a, there's a few, a few. There was a purple one from the same era, which just looks horrendous. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I might wear that next time if we get invited. You
0: will. You will. You, will. you okay. always will. Okay. You will. Right. Thanks very much, everyone. Loads and loads of comments. Too many to. Uh, put put on the screen but i did try and skin uh, along with them all so great to have you with us Uh, in the meantime have a good couple of days and we shall see you soon